typically in, G- in Guns N' Roses history, everyone knows it's Axel and Izzy. And the yeah. odd time, maybe Duff writes some stuff. Those are your main writers. Everyone else is there. Yeah. You can tell the Duff song. Yeah. I try. yeah, I also I was it was weird. I had like a random like shower thought moment. I'm like, Duff McKagan is like the punk rock Taylor Swift because they can't stop talking about the opposite sex in songs. <laughs> oh my god! I was like, holy shit! <laughs> That's a good one. Taylor Swift I mean... can't stop talking about dudes she went on like three dates with, and Duff can't stop. A- Stop talking about prostitutes you had sex with for 20 bucks. <laughs> That's a good one. I didn't think of that. I didn't think of that one. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that is funny. Guns in Radio podcast. And now, give it up for your host, Chris Caputo and Dustin Bones. I think, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think that's us he's talking about. You're damn right. It's, it is the Guns in Radio podcast, but it's a bonus show edition. Thanks to you guys getting us. This we'll, we'll say this one is for getting us to two hundred over two hundred and fifty followers on our Twitter. Um, as of right now, as of this recording, we're at like two sixty, and we're slowly nice. going up and up from there. Um, give us a follow there at Twitter dot com slash at Guns and Radio Pod. Uh, follow us everywhere, man. Instagram is also the same at Guns and Radio Pod. Facebook dot com slash Guns and Radio Pod. Uh, TikTok all also at Guns and Radio Pod. Oh, mostly the same shit. You can find us all there <laughs> with um, you know we'll. We'll tweet about shit, uh, get your links to the episode, stuff like that, you know. We're always there interacting with, trying to interact with people as much as we can on our Twitter or Instagram, whatever, so. We do our best. Give us a follow there, and plus, you'll be contributing, hopefully, to the next bonus show goal, you know. I don't have any right now yet, but. Yeah, we're not going to wait. Let's wait until after (laughs) season two ends. Let's wait till season three, and we'll start getting some bonus show goals out the window. That's right. But guys, uh, today, you know, last week or last week, Monday, this past, past Monday. Monday, we listened to On Down the Road and we got another road trip song for you. This one ending in a burst of flames and fire and all this other shit. Some crazy shit. This is, uh, <laughs> we're looking at Crash Diet, some unreleased uh, Guns N' Roses. Uh, technically, yeah, it is Guns N' Roses, you know, but. It's also been done by a couple other bands as That's well. Right. Yeah. So, well, we can maybe do like a comparison or something, just a quick one. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. We'll see what happens. I mean, guys, if you are listening for, uh, we're going to be listening to the demo by Guns N' Roses here in just a little bit. But I do want to say that if you're looking for a very good cover of Crash Diet, my opinion, Wild Side is the best. Yeah. That's probably the one you'll commonly hear on YouTube. They'll just throw 
like Guns N' Roses Crash Diet, and you'll probably end up hearing the Wild Side version because that shit's hard as fuck. It's it's really hard yeah. and heavy that version. It's really good. And if you want, you can even listen to the uh, the version by Asphalt Ballet, which was released oh. in '93. I forgot about that, but yes, there are multiple multiple versions of it out there. I think those are the only two. I've heard I've heard like uh, covers and stuff of it. I know my friend Josie uh, did a cover of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but these ones were actually like you know because Wes Arkeen, one of the writers, I think the one of the original writers on Crash Diet, ended up because if Guns N' Roses never used it, he ended up selling it to other bands, whatever. And those are the two that ended up getting it. Um, I'll tell you what, let's do. Uh. I'm gonna play some clips from my friend Josie's cover of it just to give you a uh, no. just to give us a, a little more time here for yeah. one and for two to throw some love up to uh, my good friend Josie Josie Evita. Shout out. Play a little bit here. play i'm just gonna give you a little taste if you want to hear the whole thing you have to go to her youtube channel mm-hmm. and uh but yeah josie's a good friend of mine uh we've talked about her on the show before great artist uh does some great music uh at least she used to back in the day before COVID. i don't know if she's doing anything now or not but uh you know go check it out show her some love she's uh she's uh she's a really good friend of the show or really good friend of mine personally i guess not of the show but <laughs> I yeah would, uh, Go check that out. Definitely. Definitely. Well, we're going to listen to Guns N' Roses Crash Diet. We're going to give you just a few minutes, though, to uh, to cleanse your palate. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about the history of Crash Diet. Yeah. We're going to talk about some facts and things like that that we found mm-hmm. on uh, uh, about the song as we go on. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're going to do we're going to do something a little bit different before we get started with that, though. Because right now, gotta go back into history. There we go. There we go. We brought the soundbite back for this one <laughs> on this day in rock and roll history. All right, on this day, today is September second, two thousand and one. Let's take two thousand twenty-one. Two thousand twenty-one. What the fuck did I say? Two thousand one. Two thousand one. Jesus, we're going twenty years back. Why not? Hey, September two thousand one. Weren't Guns N' Roses supposed to tour Europe then? And then that got canceled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What all happened in September two thousand one that I can think of? Um, let's see. Kurt Angle. No, Stone Cold beat Kurt Angle. No, no, Kurt Angle beat Stone Cold at Unforgiven. Yeah, uh, which was a few weeks after. Um. You know what? <laughs> no. 
Oh, well, it, oh, it was yeah. yeah, it was a month after SummerSlam, but uh, you know there was the whole yeah. Two thousand one was a if a year in wrestling. I don't know <laughs> the whole invasion angle. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, this is uh, getting close to nine uh, eleven territory. Yeah, because I remember they. I think they did this because of you know Krangle is the American hero, and there's like got to give some 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 fans some good faith, some good hope. And then, yeah. man, take that, it away two weeks later on Raw. Yeah, I and mean, then that whole live episode, like literally days after the incident, was like, oh, wow, that's some other shit. Yeah, that was yeah. like iconic. That's probably one of the best like smack episodes of SmackDown ever. Probably, yeah. Well, let's don't go down that rabbit hole. Let's go into history. Yeah, right now. yeah. that was history, but a different kind of history. <laughs> Uh, the Beatles receive a gold record for John Lennon's biographical composition, Help, which is still raising up the charts that happened in 1965. <laughs> and also, the Beatles released their song Yesterday. Yesterday. Which only Paul is actually playing. What and, the fuck? Uh, so that's basically like the Chinese democracy of uh, Beatles. the Beatles. It's like only Axel is there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so paul mccartney was like doing like panic at the disco where it's just like brandon Uri and like no one else yeah man kind of like uh that song pumped up kicks by foster the people how it only features one member of the band yeah what i don't even know holy shit yeah dude pumped up kicks the version you get on the album is a demo the album version has never been released because really? uh from what i read now somebody will correct me if i'm wrong but from what I read, uh, the dude before that song got popular, he wrote jingles for mm-hmm. commercials. And uh, he was writing one for Pumped Up Kicks, and all he could come up with all the other kids and the Pumped Up Kicks. And then uh, I guess he got writer's block, set that melody or whatever on the shelf. And then while he was writing this, he got frustrated and wrote the song mm-hmm. and recorded the version that you hear on the album. And brought that and presented it to the band. And from what I remember reading a long time ago, I read this article in like 2010, so take it for what it is, or maybe 2011 or 12 or something. But uh, the the band got together and recorded an, a, ver- a version featuring the whole band for the album mm-hmm. and ended up liking the demo better, so they used that instead. Oh, interesting. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Fun fact. T-I-L. Oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, you do the next one. You take a yeah, turn next year. We're going to uh, 1968 on this day where the Doors are forced to perform as a trio at a concert in Amsterdam after lead singer Jim Morrison collapses while dancing during the Jefferson Airplanes performance. Oh, wow. Uh, it's like Guns N' Roses when Axel's fucking late. <laughs> <laughs> Sebastian Bach came in and took over. Yeah. <laughs> They just have duff on vocals. Take me down to the pad, I said. No. <laughs> was it Tommy Wiseau? <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Wiseau, go sing a door song. Here we go, everybody. People strange when you're stranger. Faces are ugly unless you're Tommy Wiseau. Women <laughs> seem wicked. Uh, Tom, da 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 da. Tommy was so dumb, forgot all the words. 
I don't know. I can't, something about that just seems appealing to me. I think I'd pay to see that. <laughs> uh, nineteen seventy one. The Grateful Dead's second live LP is given the unimaginable title of unimaginative title of Grateful Dead. Maybe self-titled, baby. (laughs) But according to Rolling Stone magazine, Jerry Garcia originally wanted to call it Starfuck. Oh, nice. That would have been a better name. And it would become the the, the band's first top 25 album. And I just never got the Grateful Dead. Never did I. I don't know. It's bluegrass, like yeah. It's like, but it's like bluegrass. But you have to like be on like hardcore psychedelics to enjoy it. And on the very same day, the Grateful Dead tracked down Lenny Hart, the group's ex-manager, and they have him arrested for embezzling seventy thousand dollars for the group. Jesus. It was a good day to be in the Grateful Dead, it sounds like. Got our first twenty five top twenty five album came out and we caught a motherfucker, it stole seventy grand for us. You know I think they like fucked him up just a little bit before the cops got there. Wouldn't wouldn't you like if somebody stole oh, seventy yeah. grand from you and you were the one to catch him, like, yeah, you'll call the cops, but aren't you gonna just fuck him up just a little bit? Like uh, get a few yeah. punches in, get a few Fuck in. yeah, of course. Like beat him with a bag of oranges or something, so it won't leave a bruise, and you can always say you and you say he's lying in court. <laughs> you totally could get away with that shit. Yeah. Uh, all right. What's the next one? Oh, uh, oh shit! Hang on, I'm going too far down the list here. Well, um, yeah, let's go to uh, one year later, 1972. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting this from another site as well. Okay. Um, the Erie Canal Soda Pop Festival was held over three days on Bull Island near Griffin, Indiana. Promoters expected over 50,000 fans, but over 200,000 attended the festival. Son of a bitch. Many bands pulled out as the festival drifted steadily into anarchy. Uh, bands that did appear included uh, some of these I probably won't even get. Uh, Flash Cadillac and the Continental Kids, Black <laughs> Oak Arkansas, Arkansas, yeah. Arkansas. Cheech and Chong were there. Fog Hat. Albert King, Brownsville Station, Canned Heat, a band simply called Flash, Ravi Shankar, Rory Gallagher, The Eagles, uh, The Amboy Dukes, and Gentle Giant. Three concert goers drowned in the Wabash River, and as the festival ended, the remnants of the crowd burned down the music stand. <laughs> Shit. Take that, Woodstock. You, this happened in Indiana, right? In 1972. I wonder if Axel and Izzy were there. Maybe they were. They would have been alive. Yeah, they would have been there. They're out to get me. They would have been. I don't know. They would have been like ten. They probably yeah. Could have been like early teens. I was gonna say like preteen maybe. Yeah, I doubt it. Wouldn't that be some shit if they were there and that's actually Axel's first riot? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) that's where he got the inspiration. Riot. Like I'm gonna do this one day. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> yay me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. In 1978, George Harrison married a secretary. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then also okay. on that same day, um, in 1978, Teddy Pendergrass, the former lead singer of 
Harold Melvin the Blue Notes promotes his latest album, Life is a Song Worth Singing, by performing a concert for women only. The gimmick is so successful, further shows of similar nature play to sold out audiences. That's interesting, actually. Yeah, it's easier to get to, to pick out the groupies and, you know. It's true, but then, like, it weeds out all the fucking creepo dudes who are just there to, like, cop a feel at a concert. You know something I gotta wonder, though? How many dudes dressed up like chicks to get into this? Oh, probably too many. I don't know. What's your favorite Teddy Pendergrass song? <laughs> I, I honestly don't know off the top of my head. I've heard of the name, <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> oh, let's see. I don't know why I'm using my mouse when I'm reading this off my phone. <laughs> wondering why the shit isn't working. Uh. <laughs> oh, here's a good one. In 1989, the guy that we just talked about in the last episode, Ozzy Osbourne, is charged with threatening to kill his wife, Sharon. Sharon, I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to fucking kill you, Sharon. (laughs) Man, you know there's a lot more to that story than than what we were told. She was probably coming at him with a knife and shit. Oh, yeah. She was crazy, but she did get him straight. So, Uh, Let's see here. He was released under the condition that he immediately enter into detox. And the case was uh, later dropped when the couple decided to reconcile. And they are still together today. That's probably rock and roll's only couple that has ever lasted. (laughs) Yeah, that's lasted more than five minutes. Yeah, even Elvis and Priscilla didn't last that long. Yeah, shit. That's that's pretty true. I think that's like one of the only ones I can think of at all. All right, what's next, Caputo? Um, let's see. Let me find something here. Um, let's go with this one right here. Uh, on this day in 1995, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame opened in Cleveland, Ohio with Bob Dylan, Chuck Berry, Aretha Franklin, Al Green, Booker T and the MGs, Little Richard, the Allman Brothers, Boz Skaggs, James Brown, and Martha Reeves making contributions. Huh, I didn't know Booker T was in a band. Oh, that's yeah. Cool. Did you hear their hit single, Can You Dig It, Sucker? And I was like, Sucker! Sucker! Stevie Ray flipping a bass. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> gonna hit someone with a slapjack? Yeah, you got uh, Sensational Sherry on drums. Yeah. Hulk oh, Hogan, we're coming for you! <laughs> that's, that's actually one of the songs on the album. Uh. It's called Hulk Hogan, we're coming for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's got like a censored bar next to the CD. I don't. I never could make out what the next word was. Yeah, I think uh, it got overdubbed in later re-releases. You know. <laughs> uh, have you ever heard Booker T, the, re- the the wrestler Booker T? Obviously, we're kidding, folks. Yeah. But uh, have you ever heard Booker T talk about that that incident on his podcast? I may have. I don't know. I, I probably have. It's probably like an excerpt or something. They've got, <laughs> it's pretty easy to find. If I can find it, I'll send it to you. But he, he says something like, man, he goes, look, this is what happens. Sometimes when you say a word all the time and you don't expect it, that word just comes out. <laughs> yeah, because like if you watch like the clip of him saying it, he's like, he says it. And then like his hands are in his face like, oh, fuck, did I just do that? And he looks down and he's like, shit. Have you ever and seen you can tell, the like, WWE? He instantly regrets it. Have you seen the WWE Network dub? Oh, I do. I literally saw someone review that pay-per-view that happened at recently. (laughs) 
And like it covers it with like some fucking something stupid. Sucka. Oh yeah, we covered with sucker. <laughs> oh man, let's see. Da, 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 da. In 2004, at the ripe old age of 66, Tyrone Davis. Uh, let's see. Suffered a stroke and was and was admitted to a hospital in Chicago after feeling ill Labor Day weekend at a Labor Day weekend concert in New Orleans. Unfortunately, he would never recover. Mm-hmm. He would pass away the following year. All right. Damn, that sucks. Yeah. Well, well I got a couple more other ones here, but we have to rewind a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, rewind. So, in 2002... Yeah, in 2002, on this day, thieves broke into the London home of Icelandic singer Bjork and stole valuable recording equipment. The 36-year-old singer was asleep in the flat. Oh, my gosh. She's asleep, and they took all her fucking, all her demos. Can someone do that and, like, break into Axl Rose's house and steal Chinese Democracy 2 and (laughs) 3? When they broke into Bjork's house and they stole her recording equipment, they were actually doing all of us a favor. (laughs) Have you ever heard any of the garbage she puts out? Like, I, I think a little bit. I'm just like, this is not for me. I don't know. It's like this is noise. This is not music. <laughs> this, is, this is noise. Like, yeah. Can someone like go break into Ackles' house and steal his autobiography that's allegedly out there? I actually have a. Uh, now that you mention that, no shit. Like right here in my hand, I have a list of all of the things that the thieves got when they broke into Bjork's house. Oh it's wow! It's just sitting on my desk. I mean, it's funny. Yeah, comes I guess up. you did some pre-research. Uh, no, no, it's just always been. It was here when I moved in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but let's see. Uh, of course, they got a microphone. They got one of those uh, talk boys from Home Alone Two. Apparently, that's the only thing she'll master her sound on is the talk boy. You remember Home Alone Two? The recorder he uses. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is the music uh, instruments that they took away. Uh, a pie tin, a spoon, <laughs> uh, a barrel, <laughs> a can of Chef Boy RD ravioli. <laughs> and it's got extra cheesy in parentheses. I guess it has a different sound. Than, um, a tin can with a string. And <laughs> And uh, what else here do we got? I mean, it just kind of goes on and on like that. But yeah, <laughs> probably a. Good... There, was there like a xylophone there? Maybe they took a triangle. No, those are instruments. Those are. Real <laughs> instruments. <laughs> I think they took a wind chime because she would just kind of randomly bang on that in a few songs. <laughs> Bjork is garbage. I don't see how anybody gets into that shit. <laughs> Give us another one, pal. Alright, so while we we'll go forward to two thousand five on this day. One Kanye West criticized President Bush's response <laughs> to Hurricane Katrina during a televised benefit concert in New York. Um, so it was all these other people, blah blah blah. West told the audience, this is a pretty famous. This is when he goes, George Bush doesn't care about people. Oh, yeah, and he had... Uh, Mike Myers Martin, right there. Mike Myers, yeah. And Mike, Mike Myers, Myers like, what? Just, 
You guys know what the fuck? I wouldn't know what the fuck to say. Uh, Moving on. (laughs) It's funny how he's a Republican now. (laughs) That's what happens when you become the 1%. What a joke. Uh, Let's see here. That one's depressing. You got anything before 2013? Um, I think that's like really, um, uh, oh, maybe this one, uh, in 2006, lead singer of the Isley Brothers, Ronald Isley, was sentenced to three years in U.S. prison for multiple counts of tax fraud. Ah! Uh, the 60, yeah, the 64-year-old was also ordered to pay more than, uh, $3.1 million to the U.S. tax service for a quote-unquote pathological evasion. <laughs> <laughs> Get this. The court heard he cashed royalty checks belonging to his brother, who died in 1996, and also spent millions of dollars made from undeclared performances on a yacht in two homes. Jesus. <laughs> wow. This guy's getting away with a lot of shit up until then. Yeah, you got to pay them taxes. They're gitchy. That's how they got Al Capone. Yeah, that's a real douche move, though. He's stealing his dead brother's royalties. Not really. I mean, if he's the rightful heir to the, you know. Yeah, but wouldn't that go to his brother's family or something? I mean, he could probably still get a cut of it, but. Nah. Fuck him. I don't know. That's just <laughs> that's just crazy. I don't know how that works. Uh, yeah. I don't... That's funny, though. Tax evasion. How are you going to be a rock star and get busted for tax evasion? That's embarrassing is what that is. That is fucking embarrassing. Jesus. Elton John, and this happened in 2013, (laughs) Elton John received the first ever British Icon Award, Brit's Icon Award, for Mm. artists who have had a lasting impact on UK culture. Rod Stewart presented him the citation to, or the, yeah, presented the citation to Sir Elton, Calling him the second best rock singer ever. Ha ha. That would be like if I was have if I was drafted to give you an award and I called you the second best podcast host on Guns and Radio. <laughs> and you know God. I do it right. That's like a, a verbal low blow at that point. <laughs> Literally, it's like you're not like freaking hitting me below the freaking belt. That's like verbally low blowing me below the bell. That's like some Ric Flair shit right there. Woo! Woo! Dirty's playing the game, baby. Uh, speaking of Ric Flair, I saw a picture of him came up on the internet. Just Dude, I, 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 I'm like, why is Ric Flair trending? And then I see these things like, oh, I just saw why Ric Flair's trending. And then you look a little deeper, it's like, whoa! Uh, I really know uh, it's not him, but who the fuck knows? Wink. I, I couldn't identify his accomplice in there. I'm only going to assume it's Lacey Evans. No, man. That's probably his wife. His, like, fifth or sixth wife. Oh, yeah. Fucking, he's, what he's what with, number wife number he's at now. Yeah, he married, like, a 20-year-old woman. Oh, I think she's, like, in her 50s or something. <laughs> I don't know. I'll look it up. Woo, Space Mountain, baby. Space Mountain. Yeah. And he said, I don't ride trains. I only ride first class. <laughs> Jesus God! Oh, yeah, yeah right. dude, that's wife number, number five. five. Wife number five. It's wife number five. 
Hey, women just can't handle the nature boy a long Bro, term. literally, if you look on his Wikipedia under spouses, he, like, divorce one person, and then within the same year, he's married to another chick. Literally, dude. <laughs> that's, how the, that's how the native calling the nature boy for nothing, man. That's true. Uh, one more, and then we'll move on. Uh, the Eagles gr- released their greatest hits album, 1971 <laughs> through 1975, or they didn't release it, but it went to the Billboard Top 200 chart thanks to a 99-cent sale price on the Google Play Store. It was all. It was released in 1976 and was already the largest-selling album in U.S. history. Yeah, the largest-selling compilation album. I think that and like Michael Jackson's Thriller would always like switch spots for the best-selling album of all time. Oh, yeah. Thriller was yeah. a good album. Thriller. We said it a million times, man. Such a good album. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, uh, should we get into their song of the day? Yeah, let's get into some Crash Dyer. Well, no, it's not Black Leather, but. Yeah. Crash Dyer. Unless you're Ric Flair. Ass Diet. I don't know, man. At his age with this COVID going along, I wouldn't have put my face where his was. But... Hey, if you trust your lady enough, why not? You're both fully vaxxed. It's all good. I think that was some rando. Yeah, it, it was. That's why he's denying it. If it had been his wife, he would have retweeted it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was me going to bounce. Only Ric Flair and Conrad Thompson know for sure. Yeah. song by a band called Guns N' Roses called Crash Diet mm-hmm. and it would spread over the internet and people would say things like wow this song is so good I don't know why they don't release it release it mm-hmm. fast forward to today there's another song that floats around on the internet from time to time still by Guns N' Roses and even appears on a set list mm-hmm. And everybody still says, why have they not released this? Yeah. <laughs> or played it live. Something. I don't know why they didn't clean this up for the uh, Appetite re-release. Yeah, why not? I guess maybe it was never, I guess since it was never intended to ever be released at all. Because like even, um, I'm looking into it here, like when Axel was uh, doing that, like uh, uh, the forum chat, like after Chinese Democracy released. Uh, says he was asked about the story behind the song why it was never officially released. He basically said it was something done with uh, Wes Arkeen and his friend and more about their guitars than guns. So I guess they just recorded a demo as a favor to Wes Arkeen. Okay. And even though maybe like they said, let's just see how it goes, whatever, but they didn't have any intention of releasing it. But Axl Rose is credited for as a writer on the song. Like him and Wes Arkeen, I think both wrote the song. Well, at least they made a little bit of scratch on the side from it. 
Mostly West probably did. Probably. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Del James too. He's credited as a writer. Del James. Del James apparently is actually credited on this too. He must be a hell of a songwriter because he wrote a lot of those. He helped Dizzy write a lot of songs too. Oh, dude, I think like he wrote almost all of Dizzy's album. Yeah, I got a lot of respect for Dale after getting dizzy. Now that we finished getting dizzy with it, I have a lot more respect for Dale James. Oh, definitely. He's not a he's not just a hanger on. He's a really like pretty good writer, I'd say. Yeah. solo uh let's talk a little more crash diet yeah okay so yeah it was uh it was pre-junar uh do so basically the song's about the you know vince neal uh razzle accent allegedly it it, it says it was about it oh i mean allegedly it, it you look just look at the lyrics it's it pretty much i think is about like that whole Incident with you know Vince Neil and the untimely death of Razzle from Hanoi Rocks. Yeah, yeah. So there's a crash diet, Reds and Lou's, shot of vitamin C and a bottle of booze. Yeah, so basically talking about you're on fucking lewds. Vitamin C apparently, if it's, it's apparently slang for cocaine, which I did not know until now. Uh, I figured he was drinking screwdrivers. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> He's drinking fucking mimosas. What is this? There's a brunch gone wrong, man. Yeah, yeah, it happened in the middle of the day. They were going like 15 miles an hour. <laughs> then they hit a cop car, just dinged it, but they got being real dramatic about it. God damn. <laughs> Sorry you took mother's car now. <laughs> yep, well. Yeah. But yeah, so Axel decided not to use the song for Junior, even though the demo that we're listening to, they recorded it. Um, so basically, Wes Arkeen was looking for other bands to record Crash Diet. And that's how we got the uh, Wild Side version and also the version with Asphalt Ballet. Nice, nice. All right, let's 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 uh, let's throw down on that solo. Is this Slash or is this Tracy Guns then? I'm not sure because if it says it's pre-Guns and Roses, it not sure who's on this actually. Might even be Izzy. Probably because he was what he was. Well, this, this would have been LA Guns then, I guess. Well, it's pre GNR. Either that or Rapid Fire. No, 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 no. That's 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 even more pre GNR. <laughs> Thank you. 
I can see a good music video coming out of this guitar solo. Oh, dude, hell yeah. Last week on Monday Night Raw, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Triple H clash head-to-head. What happened last night at the pay-per-view? Find out tonight. It's Monday Night Raw. Somebody got fucking stunned if that's what happened. Guitar Hero shit. Literally. Actually, them playing laser tag in the background. Mm. They just kept recording. Yeah, playing laser tag. Fine sounds. It sounds like he's a mile away from the microphone. All right, crash diet, Guns and Roses. Been looking forward to reviewing, so I'm really glad it got uh, it got chosen. Made it uh, didn't make it to season three, but it made it out. It got out there. It was, it was, it was definitely yeah. one to uh, knock off the list here. Oh, show what a hell of one to knock out. Yeah, man. Uh, crash diet. Uh, well, let's give our final thoughts. You want to go first? You want me to go first? I'm gonna let you go first this time. Let's see, Crash Diet, what can I say here? I, I, I try to be fair here. It's going to be a little hard because I really do like this song. Uh, it is one that is currently on my playlist, even though it's the Wild Side version because this demo mm-hmm. is hard to listen to. Uh, yeah. Just right this, down the road. Yeah. Mm. But, I mean, listening to the demo here, we get a good sense of what could have been. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, though it may have not fit in, I don't know if it would have fit in with Appetite. Uh, could have fit in with Lies or Illusion just fine. Uh, I, I think probably more for Lies. Because it's like, it's sort of, it is a little bit, like it's still like Appetite, like AFD Axel in yeah. a way. So like Lies is basically that holdover between, you know, AFD and Illusion's albums and stuff. I don't really see this fitting on Illusions, to be honest. Unless maybe even use Illusion 1, because that was more of the harder rock kind of. Yeah, album of the two, but yeah, I'd say either Lies or Use Illusion One. I think it could have 
with enough polish, enough recording, whatever, throw the rest of the band on there because the only person we know was on this demo was Axel. That's yeah, it. Yeah, this is true. Uh, but I mean, it's 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 honestly sir, it's honestly a good song. Yeah, it's I, not bad. I like it. I recommend it, especially one of the more mm-hmm. cleaned up versions. Uh, for a diehard Guns N' Roses fan, if you've never heard Crash Diet, then you need to pause this podcast immediately, go look up the song, and listen to it again. Because mm-hmm. uh, there's really no excuse for not having done so. But honestly, my, my, my grade is pretty high. I mean, part of me wants to give it like a four because mm-hmm. it is something I do listen to regularly. But in all fairness, I'm going to knock it down to about a three and a half just to try to, you know, eliminate some of my bias. Yeah. I'll probably go along the same lines there. I'm going to give it a three and a half. It's a pretty good, like, song. Like, even the demo's still pretty good. But I feel like this is just, like, you know, the genesis of what would be, like, from the later versions by Wildside and uh, Asphalt Ballet as well. Um, And I think those are... <clears throat> better than just this demo version, but like it's still not terrible. It's good. Um, I guess you consider this Guns N' Roses, even though we don't know anyone else is on it beside <laughs> Axel. It's still very much part of the like the history of Guns N' Roses and part of, like the lore, I guess for sure. It's it's still a pretty good song. Like I would probably like listen to the demo here and there if like you know nothing else was like fuck this. I want to listen to some like GNR, but like unreleased GNR, I would throw this on like on a. Like a right. or at least like a leak playlist or whatever, you know, something like that, and just throw it on because it's a cool thing to have. It's a cool thing to listen to. It is a pretty cool song. I mean, how it starts there and then it just basically fucking goes to like eleven with the solo and everything else. Yeah. Uh, what was your grade on it? Three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. I think we're thinking very similar this week, actually. I know, man. We're 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 agreeing a lot. We're agreeing hmm. a lot. But uh, with that, let's. Uh, you want to spin the wheel and find out what we're listening to on Monday? Yeah, let's spin that wheel. Um, let's spin, do it. Spin the wheel. Spin that fucking wheel. Spin this thing, motherfucker. Son of a bitch, Kang. <laughs> Be sure to head over to Shotcast Saturday where the summer of Slash is starting to come to a close. I don't know yeah. if we're going to. I really don't know what we're doing there. So. We got a couple more weeks. I think it's it's we're nearing the end of summer slash. Huh. I know Izzy. I know by Izzy. Hey, two Izzy songs on two Mondays. That's right. But you know we're gonna do another GNR song next Thursday. Ooh, yes, another bonus. That's our thank you for getting us to uh, over 150 likes, follows on our Facebook page. And it's even more Izzy, actually, because we're covering 14 years, which is oh, you know, yeah. Izzy on the vocals. Izzy yeah. probably fucking wrote the song himself. So it's like another Izzy week, basically. I, I know, man. So uh, more Izzy is coming on Monday. And, uh, of course, uh, we're counting down our top 20 greatest moments of season two as we inch on closer to uh, that season finale. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, this I know by Izzy Stradlin, that's going to air on September 6th, right? Mm-hmm. And then the 9th will be 14 years. 
Oh, shit. That'll be the 10th. That is going to be... Uh, that that song I know by Izzy is actually 14 years is our last song. Of season our last two? episode uh, before the grand finale of season two. God damn! All right, so you're in you're in the uh, the penultimate like the last two episodes. I, guess, I don't know penultimate's the word. But again, the final two episodes right before the finale. That's basically the the big build, the big lead in to the finale, right. brother. <clears throat> right there. So, all right. Well, guys, uh, be sure to check that out. And uh, don't forget to uh, go to gunsandradio.com. Thank you guys for uh, hitting our bonus show goals, spreading the word, and uh, helping us uh, expand. Yeah, you guys are the shit. Uh, You make this whole thing worthwhile. So uh, we'll see you on Saturday. And until then, I'm Dusty Bones. I'm Chris Caputo. We'll see you Monday, the beginning of the end of season two.